1: week an announcement rocked the high stakes world of fantasy football when the ffpc hired chris lambert formerly of the world championship of fantasy football tonight we speak to chris in an exclusive one-on-one interview brought to you by red versus blue gang don't go anywhere 60 seconds
0: one bleeds red and one bleeds blue two friends one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. All right, let's go. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347 324 5404 red versus blue sports talk radio where planet red and big blue nation collide let's hope they're still friends afterwards here they are scott and mike
2: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Hello, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Uh, We are uh, a little bit uh, communication challenged tonight. I am on my cell phone, so I apologize for the weak signal, but uh, we'll try to do our best tonight. As always, I'm broadcasting live from Indianapolis, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. And as always, I'm joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And Mike, your Cowboys didn't look all that good against those Broncos. The Broncos are undefeated heading into week five.
2: Yeah, and they're undefeated against a Dallas team that is very disappointing to me. Uh, You know, there's going to have to be some kind of situation that takes place, but I don't know what's going to be. Because uh, Tony Romo, I don't think he's a leader of that team. It's like I said on the show last week; uh, he's not being a leader, and uh, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with him.
1: Well, there's no telling. They have a very tough matchup this week against New England, and uh, it's it's one of those games that uh, anything can happen. This is the NFL. Uh, the Broncos could leave five and zero. They could leave leave four and one. But either way. We thought the Broncos were going to be entering into this tough stretch, starting with the Dallas game, and they handled Dallas 17-10. So now they've got uh, New England coming up. They've got uh, games, I think, against Baltimore and Mm -hmm. San Diego and Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. It's going to get real, real tough for the Broncos. We'll really see what type of team this is uh, about eight weeks Mm -hmm. into the season. And, Mike, if they can have, I mean, five wins, we thought San Diego was going to be the team that was going to roll through that division and, they're not they're looking vulnerable to say the least. And and if if, if Denver can somehow squeak out of this, you know, two more wins out of these next four games, six and two, you've gotta be liking uh Denver's chances of making the playoffs.
2: They're not gonna squeak out two more wins. They're gonna get two more wins. Because Denver they're showing the uh the confidence in their coach. Uh it's been a quite a transition when uh, Josh McDaniels comes comes in and uh now you got Brandon Marshall buying in uh, you got a lot of these guys that are saying, "Hey, maybe we are pretty good. We're four and zero against NFL teams. We're not four and zero just because by luck. Yeah, certain plays happen against Cincinnati in Week One, and this and that. But they made those plays happen. They, I mean, they they made those plays happen against uh, Dallas. I mean, Denver didn't win by chance. You know." The the, the the reason I say luck, people say that uh, somebody got lucky this and that. well my my definition of luck is when preparation meets opportunity, and that's what Denver's doing.
1: Well, and we've heard that before, man. Uh, preparation, absolutely. Luck meets opportunity. I know that's your thing. so preparation
2: uh, no. meets opportunity.
1: We've got a lot of uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, Chris Lambert will join us here in just a little bit, probably quarter past the hour. Uh, we're going to be talking to Chris uh, about her new venture. Uh, but before we do that, we've got a lot of injuries to talk about real quick. Matt Stafford uh, he's questionable with the knee this week. Uh, <laughs> Detroit absolutely got walloped by Chicago last week, 48 to 24. And uh, in comes Dante Culpepper if Stafford can't go. Look, Mike, it doesn't really change any of your decision making. Uh, that you have here in this game. You've got to start Calvin Johnson as long as he's healthy. I know he's got a little bit of a thigh injury. He should play. Kevin Smith will practice all week long with the shoulder. He's going to play. Uh, You've got Bryant Johnson that if you were in a a pinch, maybe you you get in the lineup uh, as well because he's he's been looking pretty good. But uh, I don't think the Stafford injury changes anything with any of the fantasy players that you have on your team.
2: No, it, no, it doesn't at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, it may uh, enhance uh, Bryant Johnson more than anything because, uh, you know, when when you're dealing with uh, different receivers and things like that, uh, Bryant Johnson. Let's face it; I mean, he's been kind of hot. I mean, if you call it hot uh, as far as a uh, Detroit line receiver goes, but uh, this team, this Detroit line team, is uh, you know they've got a they've got a something about them that is showing me that they want to compete versus say like a Cleveland Browns team that, you know, they don't have much at all. But I'm, I'm looking at uh, Detroit and, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. if he's not available, then, uh, you know, they're going to have to go to Dante and uh, Dante is going to, you know, things are going to happen with, uh, you know, with Johnson and Johnson. Maybe no more tears.
1: (laughs) I think the, uh, well, that game, that Cincinnati, uh, move on to the Cincinnati-Cleveland game, we finally saw Derek Anderson get into the game, and he made that offense look about ten times better than what they had before. And Braylon Edwards, the big news this week, gets traded to the Jets for uh, what's really Chancy Stuckey and maybe a third-round pick. They have to put the fifth round in there. The third round's conditional. Uh, a defensive player that really isn't all that special anyway. They got they got Braylon Edwards on the cheap. This reminds me of the Randy Moss trade when they traded away Randy Moss for pennies, and they picked up one heck of a player. And Rex Ryan's already said that Braylon Edwards is going to be a big part of the offense going forward. Mike, do you buy in to what Rex Ryan is saying? Do you buy? Is, is Braylon Edwards a buy?
2: No, no. I I think uh, I I don't believe that uh, Braylon Edwards can make an impact on that team right away. Now, come week uh, eleven, twelve, maybe he could, but right now, no way, no way. Uh, Braylon Edwards is just kind of a, I won't say a cancer to the team, but uh, he's not going to, he's not going to make things happen. I uh, go I mean, he, he's not going to, he's not going to make an impact on that team right now in this situation because I, I think Rex Ryan is smart enough uh, to say, hey, look. You know, let's get into our system for, you know, a week or two. And, you know, he might he might be thrown to once or twice this week, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, well, Braylon Edwards, I'm going to go on record and say he will make a nice impact to the Jets team. They needed a, a, a big play threat. Look, everybody gets hung up on the drop balls, and yeah, okay, he drops balls. Okay, T.O. drops balls. I saw another statistic that said classical Burris led the league in drop balls at one point. So he can still be a big play guy. The question is, is he a head case or not? He's obviously proved that things were going on in Cleveland. Once you become an enemy of LeBron James, you're out of the city. It didn't take him but a couple of days. Well, it almost looked it almost looked on Sunday like they had already decided that. Man, Genie decided that they're going to throw to Mohamed Massaquai. This kid was a hot free agent pickup this week. 13 targets last week, Mike. They looked his way early. They looked his way often. Uh, pretty much uh, the latter part of the game, he was really just the only guy that was getting looked at. Uh, Mike, Derek Anderson, Lance is asking me in the chat room, who's going to be the wide receiver one and two target in in Cleveland. You've got so many guys there with Chancey Stuckey coming to the, to the, to the team. You've got Mike Fury uh, and you've got Masaquai. You've got, you've got a couple other rookies. Uh, you know, it's really,
2: well, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about Scott, uh, that, uh, Chancy Stuckey, is gonna. It's gonna take a little bit longer for him to fit into Cleveland. That will be for Bray, Braylon uh, for the Jets. Uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't see Stuckey uh, being anything more than a. Uh, he'll be a number two after week two after the trade. Um, this trade boggles my mind, to be honest with you, because. You know, Braylon, he needed he needed a new atmosphere. But is that going to help? I, I just, I I, think, I don't see it. I don't see it. I
1: think I think you I think the the swarm of the Rex Ryan, the feel good buzz that Rex Ryan and Sanchez and and all the guys there uh, are bringing to this team, that defense. Uh, I I think it's impossible for one guy to 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 do anything like you said, cause a cancer. That's not going to happen. Not with this team. Rex Ryan is a heck of a coach. I think he's proved that already in just an early start. Uh, but but to answer Lance's question, it's very hard to tell, Lance. Mike Fury's out there. Uh, I, Jerome Harrison might lead this team in catches for all I know. I mean, you yeah. know, Jamal Lewis is on his way back. He's on the mend, by the way. Jamal with the hamstring. He was a full practice on Friday, so maybe he comes back. Uh, it, it's just really hard to tell. This this trade's interesting on a lot of different levels. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Derek Anderson brings. Okay, the offense didn't didn't produce any – things startable all year long. Uh, I think Alex brought up that point earlier to me today. But my counterpoint to that was, look, it's a new coaching staff. Uh, you've got to give a new coaching staff time. Four weeks is not enough time. You get a couple of weeks. You get a chance to see what the offense bring in, And then it takes the players a little bit of time to adjust to that new coach. And, man, Jeannie's bringing it. So maybe a couple of weeks it takes to get going. You've also got a, a new quarterback here. Now, that changes everything. Brady Quinn couldn't hit anything. He doesn't have a deep ball. All he knows how to do is throw to the tight end. He proves that Notre Dame. Um, he uh, Derek Anderson's a definite upgrade at this point And, and I'm just one game in And I well, can tell
2: you that One thing about it, Scott And I, I, I said this two years ago And I'm going to say this right now uh, Derek Anderson is very underrated In what he can do In the pocket If given a pocket that, That's the one thing I'm, I'm going to say If given a pocket He is very underrated in what he can do Because he didn't make it to the Pro Bowl Two years ago for nothing so, you, you give this guy some time, you give him uh, a pocket to deal with, you give him some receivers that can catch the ball, and uh, he's going to be fine.
1: Well, let's roll through. Uh, that's that's going to be something that's going to be exciting to see unfold all season long. Eli Manning, questionable with the foot. Hakeem Nix came back and looked great. This kid is, is everything I think he's advertised. Um, and, it, and, it, and it looked like it relegated um, our, our boy, uh, Manningham back to the slot. And so Steve Smith was the story of the day, 16 targets, Mike. This guy's leading the league in uh, as a wide receiver. Who would have ever dreamed that you could utter the word Steve Smith, okay? And all the jokes about, you know, which Steve Smith are you taking in the second or third round here, well, <laughs> wouldn't it have been nice to go ahead and get the wrong one, you know?
3: Yeah. Steve Smith
1: of the Giants has been the man in New York. He's uh, He's proven that all these guys that drafted him, they didn't know what they had. Uh, They knew he was going to be a nice player and a possible flex every once in a while. But look what they've got their hands on. Every team that has Steve Smith is loving life right now, 44 times of the year.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Scott. I mean, they they are loving life. Uh, You know, it's a solid uh, spot you can put him in, a wide receiver that you have, and uh, you don't have to worry about it. It's just like, okay, I got Steve Smith, uh, Steve Smith Carolina. No, I got Steve Smith Giants and just smiling from ear to ear. I mean, this guy has become Eli Manning's favorite target. And, uh, you know, if Elon Manning is out this week, then that's no big deal. I mean, because I don't think it's going to hurt him that much because they're going to run the ball anyway with Jacobs and uh, Bradshaw.
1: There you go. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm starting Jacobs and Bradshaw. Mike, I've got a question. Uh, in the World Championship, I've got Ahmad Bradshaw uh, as my RB2 this week because I have Pierre and LT both on by. I've got Jacobs what? in my lineup. I've got either Bradshaw to start because, and I already have Jacobs in there. Um, Bradshaw is limited, but will play uh, with those ankle and foot injuries. I think he just keeps rolling that ankle. But I also have um, I also have Lindale White, who's absolutely done nothing yet, but he is playing a weak Indianapolis rushing team on Sunday night, a big game for Tennessee at home. Could you insert Lindale White in this situation after he's shown you absolutely nothing on on a whim?
2: You know the reason I could, the reason I could not, and uh, we had this conversation earlier. The reason I cannot insert Lindell White is because I would, I think Indianapolis's their red zone defense against the run, if it's, it's going to be tough enough to beat uh, to keep Lindell White out of the end zone. I, I just I, I believe that, and I, I got to start Bradshaw. I got to start Bradshaw.
1: Yeah. He's a a safer call. Um, Eli Manning is questionable, so watch that situation. I think you still have to have Steve Smith in there. Um, You have to watch the uh, Kevin Boss injury. I think he's out. Travis Beckham gets the start. Uh, Frank Gore is out this week. Again, Glenn Coffey gets your start. Cedric Benson had a full practice Friday. Watch out now. They benched uh, benched, uh, Benson on Wednesday and Thursday. Didn't let him practice. They're really being careful and cautious. With Cedric Benson because let's face it he is he is producing he's doing what they're asking him to do I don't think he's fumbled the ball yet and that's huge no nope. <laughs> Benson fully practice on Friday so he's in your lineup uh, just to run down a, th- a few more injuries Derek Mason limited Friday with a neck injury Derek Mason came up with huge catch after huge catch uh, in that game against New England this past week and while why did did Flacco throw that ball to Mark Clayton they had the Patriots beat Mike. Until they threw the ball to Mark Clayton and he dropped it right in his hands, they should have thrown it to Mason, uh, Felix and Roy for the Cowboys. Might they're both doubtful. This Felix Jones cannot stay on the field. You've got to have Tashar Choice back in your lineup along with Marion Barber. Marion was full practice on Friday, but Tashar Choice will again get carried. He'll split the duty. Um, you've got to you've got to keep Choice in there if he's if he's a, if he's um, on your on your uh, one of your flex spots. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys and uh, New England Patriots, those are two teams that I just can't – there's no way I can feel confident about any player on that team, on either team.
1: I hear you. Roy Williams uh, has been an absolute mess this week. Well, Mike – I'm going to stop with the injury news. We've uh, we, we definitely got to get back to this. Uh, we've got more games to break down. We are also going to make time for the Prognosticator to make a couple of picks this week. His return is this week, oh. uh, so you don't oh. want to miss that, uh, the fantasy football Prognosticator. But uh, I understand that our special guest has arrived, and we are absolutely honored to welcome Chris Lambert to the airwaves of Red versus Blue. Chris, welcome to our program.
4: Thank you very much. I'm really honored to be here myself.
1: Well, we are absolutely just delighted to have you here as our guest on the show, so sit back, relax, take <laughs> a sip. Um sip, uh, but first off, let me formally introduce you to my co-host, my good friend from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent.
4: Hi there, Michael. Hey, How uh, are you? I heard a
1: lot about you.
2: <laughs> hey. I'm well, concerned. thanks. Some good, some not so good, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're glad to have you on the show, and we're looking forward to... Uh, uh too. A lot of good insight. But uh Chris, we we love having you and uh we just uh look forward to the show.
1: Well thank you. Well, I'm sure you recognize some of the names in the chat room already, Chris. I do, I do, uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> These guys are great. I'm pleasantly surprised to see them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have a lively crew at Red Versus Blue. Uh Lance is with us, Garbage Points is here. Uh, PZKO Kid, Mark Ronick from the Fantasy Sports Channel. Thank you, Mark, for being here. Uh, Prop Nosticator, Chad Schroeder, winner of the FFPC last year. 75 grand is with us tonight. Wow. Uh, yeah, Alex is here. War Kittens, John Duckworth, Wayne uh, has been up at the top of the leaderboard of, in all the contests. Uh, Colts fan. So welcome to the program. Now, Chris, for years since the beginning of the World Championship, you've been a fixture of that contest. You've always been the one to talk to us in the off-season, ask us if we have any issues or concerns, and see if there's anything (laughs) you can do to help. Right. Chris, we were all in Las Vegas. Dustin made the announcement that this was your last event. We gave you a standing ovation. I think you know how we feel about you. Tell us, though, how does it feel uh, to no longer be employed at the World Championship?
4: Oh, uh, you know, I was going to miss it a lot. I didn't think that I would land um, back in the industry, and I am really – um, happy to have Dave and Alex uh, give me a job, but when I was sitting up there on stage, I kind of looked out on there and said, I don't think I'm going to be leaving this industry. I got to find my way back in here somewhere. So, That's so I'm, I'm really happy to be back.
1: Well, did you get a chance to check out the message board over at the World Championship to see what folks had to say about you? It was obviously a tribute of sorts.
4: Yes. Yep, it's, it's humbling, actually. It's very nice, and everybody's been so nice to me over the years, so it's good to be back.
1: Well, Dave and Alex certainly didn't waste any time. You are back in the high stakes world, and we're glad that you are. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Chris, you're now part of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I mean, does yep. that roll off your tongue just yet?
4: It does. It does. I, I think it just, um, you know, I've practiced it now for the last 72 hours. I think my biggest obstacle is uh, – Dave and Alex's last names. I have to get those down first. <laughs>
1: yeah. Z's and the G's and uh, A's. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's what's common there. So,
4: right. I, I, know,
1: I don't know how much of this you, uh, you can or you want to reveal. So, by all means, use the fifth if you must. Uh, but I'm here to represent the voice of the high stakes players, and I talk to you oh, sure. Today. So, you're home. You're sitting on your couch. You're wondering what's next, having just finished up a, I mean, a great career at the World Championship, but. Tell us who who approached who. You, you're now employed at the FFPC. How
4: did this come about? Um, I think it came about just with um, uh, people knowing other people. Um, people gave, uh, I think Alex and Dave phone calls and um, kind of connected up that way. I received an email asking me, you know, where I was going, what I was doing, and and I responded I, I didn't have any plans, so uh, I was looking for a job, and so they connected up with me and. We spoke over the last couple of weeks and uh, got everything rolling on uh, Wednesday morning. So, and I've been happy ever since. Very easy to work with.
1: Hopefully, we'll see you uh, back in Vegas uh, behind yeah. the desk.
4: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: We're, we're just excited you're back in the role that you obviously excel in. You're now employed by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. But take me back to last year, last summer, as an employee of the World Championship of Fantasy Football. What was the mood like? What were what were your initial thoughts the day you saw the FFPC message board come into existence and you heard that Dave and Lou and Alex <laughs> introduced the FFPC to the world? How, how did that change as time went on?
4: Um, I think that I, I watched them from the beginning. I think that when I worked with Lenny, I always watched the competition. He never did, but I always did. Um, and I I hit them on, on my radar, and I've watched them, and I've been pretty impressed with what they've done. So. Uh, the mood at the WCOFF, you know, I, I I don't really think I can comment on that too much. Um, obviously, um, it was viewed as competition, and um, I I wasn't really in the circle as much in the last you know year and a half, two years. So, but I was watching Dave and Alex and and Lou at the time um, from the beginning, definitely.
2: Well, there's no doubt about it, Chris, uh, that uh, Dave and Alex they got a great. Uh, they they got a great thing going and uh, right. one question I'm going to ask you and this is going to be totally off color do you have a fantasy football team
4: I well I, I did draft this year in the draft Sharks League um, I sat in for somebody who couldn't make it and I'm currently in third <laughs> All
2: right. good
4: job yeah yeah I have Steve Smith on my team I have a uh, Tony Romo, I have Maurice Jones-Drew and Willis McGahee, so I'm doing pretty good.
2: Nice Absolutely. job. Uh, but uh, we're, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure that uh, Alex and uh, Dave, they're, I mean, they got to be thrilled to have you part of the uh, in our FFPC staff. And I think we lost Mike. Uh, Mike's phone cut <laughs> out on
1: us. Well, Mike is a Mike is a player as well. He hasn't got a chance to play at the World Championship, but he is in the FFPC in one of the on one of the big leagues. So, Oh, we got to get him out to Vegas. That's right. Well, we're listening to Chris Lambert, the newest team member at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Now, the FFPC with the owners and the very active message board, it kind of has the feel of the old World Championship. I mean, even Lenny's on the board. It makes it kind of feel <laughs> like the old days. And yeah, you know, You've probably seen many of the veterans. They play in the FFPC and they visit the message board on a on a regular, if not hourly, basis. For some of us,
4: they do. Uh, yep.
1: And many play in both events. I, for one, I still play in both events, and I probably always will. But but if you haven't noticed by now, there's still what looks like some animosity for some of the guys, almost an us versus them kind of thing when it comes to the new WCFF. Can you can you understand where they're
4: coming from? Um, oh, well, I think it's probably hard for me to comment on that. I I think I'm I'm happy that everybody has found a home, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I think I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, and, and
1: and we're happy you found a home too. Now, many might not know this, but you're in Rochester, New York.
4: Yes, I am. And
1: you work in the same office as Lenny Papano, the founder, the Godfather of the high state fan football. <laughs> Now, you've got to give me something, Chris. I've got you on the show. Everybody's tuned in. Right. I'm ready. We have ready. people listening right now. Mike's back with us. You you, you give me something. you got to give me one story, one funny story you can tell us about Lenny Papano. Something. Oh, my funny. gosh. Well, you know, this is the bat
4: Cave. That's tough. <laughs> oh, he's uh one good story. I can tell you a good story. When we were out at the World Championship of Fantasy Football, we we have an elevator story ourselves. Uh, like the FFPC has an elevator story. I um, never liked to be the limelight. He never liked to stood out, stand out in front of people and say, you know, look at me, I own this. And so whenever anybody had any trouble, he always said, go to Chris, go to Chris. So I was in the elevator and he was standing right next to me and somebody gets on the elevator, and they recognize me, and they start complaining to me that there weren't any hot chicks here at the Riviera, and he wanted me <laughs> to tell this to Lenny, and he went on and on and on, and I just went, okay, yep, I'll let him know. He's like, can you tell Lenny that, you know, tell Lenny this, tell Lenny that, and we off the elevator, and we walk for another five minutes, and the guy leaves, and I just turned to Lenny three inches away, and did you get that? And he's like, I got it. <laughs>
2: So. Uh, Take notes, Lenny. Take notes. Did you hear all that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of good stories. But, uh, you know, I think I'd better keep some of them to myself. <laughs> I still have to work with them. <laughs>
2: yeah. you know well, Chris, I'll tell you what. Uh, from the sound of you, you, you enjoy your job and you enjoy what you're doing with the uh, the world of fantasy football, and we really appreciate that.
4: Well, I, I appreciate all the guys. Everybody's been very kind to me, so I just give it back. That's all.
1: Now, since you know Lenny so well, Alex wanted me to ask you, who would Lenny Papano say would deserve the Nobel Peace Prize more? Would it be Obama, oh. Arafat, or Lincoln, had he won it?
4: <laughs> well, definitely not Lincoln. And I think he's having trouble with Obama getting it, so... Um... Gosh, no other choices?
1: That's it. I think we're going to make this I to put it on the board for a, for a test. We'll put it on the board for a poll. How about that? Hey, Take us back to the day that Lenny decided to sell the world championship. I know you probably can't get into the specifics, but can you tell us just how you felt during that time period and your emotions at the time?
4: Oh, gosh. Um that was very hard because, um, the world championship of NEC football was Lenny's baby and, um, and he kind of, he treated it that way. So of course a lot of people had approached him to purchase it. Um, and, but it was never really for sale. Um, so I think the day that it went through was actually sort of sad. Um, I think I kind of sat here and, 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 uh, you know, he, he wasn't really all that happy that day, but, uh. But you know ch- change is good and and I think that he's better um, with it now. It's been some time, so it was um you know, I think that some people celebrate when they receive money for a product that they sell, but I don't know, I think it was a little melancholy.
1: probably bittersweet,
4: yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it well, I'm sure it yeah you put, you, you put leaf. it very well, Chris.
1: And, and there's new there's new days ahead for you, Chris Lambert. Talk to us about your new role at the FFPC. Will it be as challenging as before?
4: Uh, no, I don't think so. Alex and uh, Dave has been very uh, gracious. They've they really kind of let me um, poke around, and I think they're going to give me a lot of um, great uh, duties to do. I'd like to, you know, they have full-time jobs, so hopefully they're going to rely on me a lot, and um, I kind of feel part of a team. So... Uh, no, I think that the challenges ahead are just um, uh, keeping the product forward and, and moving forward with it. I think it's a great product that they've put together. We just want to grow steadily and uh, do what the players want us to do. So I look forward to it.
2: Well, I like what you said, Chris, uh, as as far as uh, when you said being a part of the team, uh, in everything you do, you know, it's teamwork. And, and it sounds like that uh, – you know, you, you're a part of the team, and you're part of uh, the high-stakes fantasy team, whether you know it or not. And uh, so that's great. Right.
4: <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: We've got a couple questions in the chat room. John wants to know who's the toughest to deal with, player-wise. Do you have any have any uh, tough stories about any individual fantasy players?
4: Individual. Um... Let's see, John Culligan, the first year he joined, which was the first year he won, we went head-to-head on the the phone. He was yelling at me about paying an extra fee, and I got off the phone, and I went into Lenny's office and said, this guy's yelling at me. And Lenny was like, cut him loose, cut him loose. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to call him back. So I called him back, and I explained to him what the fee was, and he said, fine, I'll send it, but I'm going to win your gosh darn event. And he did. <laughs> wow. So, That's and for, then he was the first person to come up to me the following year and apologize, and we've been good buddies ever since. So, it was all That's good.
1: Lance, Lance in the chat room wants to know: Have you decorated for Halloween yet?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, not yet.
4: I haven't had time yet. I will though.
1: Yeah. Well, when you have kids, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. When you have kids, you, you, they, they start. We start decorating early.
4: Yep. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah. We've got ours out now. So, okay. I'm if I'm sitting at a Colts game and I see an injury break on my cell phone, can I call you on Sunday morning and and you can help get my lineup in? Are you going to be that accessible to all of us?
4: Wow. I'm going to be totally accessible. I just want to make sure I can help you at the other end of that kind of request. So. Maybe. It's up to David and Alex. <laughs> but I will be completely accessible.
1: <laughs> well, let me, let me switch gears for a bit, Chris. Tell us a little bit about your spare time. I mean, what do you do for fun?
4: For fun, um, I go to a lot of sporting events, actually. My my girls played um, college sports. My oldest daughter played soccer at University of Rhode Island, and my youngest daughter plays lacrosse at a Duquesne in Pittsburgh. So, Kind of cool being a Lambert in uh, Pittsburgh. So, we go down there and watch her play um, from for the next two years. She's a junior, that's so
1: cool.
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's cool. you're listening. They're, to are both. Uh, you
1: got
2: two girls. Is two grown right girls.
4: There? Yep.
2: And they're both involved in athletics. In
4: college yep. Athletics. Yeah. You, you,
2: you, I mean, that's awesome. I mean,
4: you,
2: <laughs> the one thing about it is. Uh,
0: Athletics,
2: uh, they they teach you how to win and lose at the same time, and yes, it's a lot of do. fun.
0: And, again,
1: you're listening to Chris Lambert, the newest member at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Chris, your husband, does he play fantasy football? Does he get it? Does he even understand?
4: Uh, does he play fantasy football? No. I think because he gets enough talk around the house about it or with me. Uh, does he get it? He shakes his head and can't figure out why people call it 11 o'clock at night, but uh, he's he's pretty excited about my job. Um, I think he might have a little more interest as time goes on, um, a lot of tension his ease, so I think he'll he'll start to play again. He played a couple years ago and won a TV, so maybe he'll do something like that again.
1: Wow. Well... <laughs> I think I told you this before, but two years ago I saw you before the world championship, and you told me that you had referred a friend of yours to play in the event, Yeah. and that he just so happened to be in my league. You told me he didn't have any experience, so help him out a little if you can. Yeah. So, you know, I sat right next to him at the draft, and it and it was just bad, guys. I mean, he was reaching left and right for guys, and, and near the end he took a guy or two that was really questionable. I mean, they might have been injured not even playing. <laughs> and, I, and I actually, I played him the first week, Chris, and it was week one, and his guys went off and absolutely destroyed me.
4: I yeah, mean, I, I know
1: Las I uh, a defeated man on the plane ride home. I was so dejected. I don't think I'll ever get over it. Did
4: Did he return this year? Was he back? Yep, he was back this year. Yep. Yep, he was back this year. Uh, I think five guys shared that team this year. So, so yep, they were a sundowner.
1: Uh, and it was McNabb, Mike, and it was uh, Marion Barber. They, they had like 30 point weeks on week one, and I, I just uh, <laughs> I left Vegas so dejected. It was just, uh, it was just one of those. Yeah, well, Chris, it's been an absolute blast. Thank you for joining our show tonight. We wish you all the best in the world. Good luck and congrats again on this new adventure.
4: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Nice talking to you guys. Okay. Thanks right. a lot, Chris. Right. Okay, bye, Mike. Bye. Bye. All right.
1: Mike, that was Chris Lambert, uh, the newest team member from the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, she is just one special gal, and it's and it's nice to see her with the FFPC.
2: Yeah, I tell you what, uh, just in talking to her, she seems excited about what she's doing, and that's, that's what it takes, to be excited about what you're doing and to be involved in high-stakes fantasy football, and she's it.
1: Yeah, well, we'll be right back. Uh, we've got the Prognosticator next on Red vs. Blue. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know, without a doubt, that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue Crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you?
2: In the night I hear him talk,
1: coldest story ever told Somewhere far along this room he lost his soul To a woman so hardly Fantasy Radio, and we've just got so much news we got to get to real quick. A couple more injuries to talk about. Breston, again, Mike, he, he was primed for a really big year. He's questionable. He's been limited all week with his knee. it has been nagging, and I tell you, I don't think Arizona's the same team without Steve Breston. They really had a weapon last year uh, with that with that slot spot, and I don't think Jeremy Urban's quite the Steve Breston.
2: No, they're going to need. Nice- uh, they're going to need Steve Breston, and it, it's kind of bugging me about what's going on with that. Uh, without uh, him, uh, Jeremy Irvin, I don't know. It, it's not going to make much of a difference. Uh, they got no running attack, obviously. Uh, Tower, he can't do much. I mean, he can get it out of the backfield, but
1: <laughs>
2: they, they've got issues. Arizona definitely has issues, and uh, we'll see what happens from here.
1: Yep, and I've got some comments in the chat room. Again, I am uh, having a few communication issues tonight, communication challenges, and am on my cell phone tonight. We apologize about that. Uh, hopefully you can uh, still hear me, although the volume is a little low. Adai fully practiced on Friday after a limited Thursday, Mike. This is kind of sneaky. He's got a little bit of a hand injury, and he fully practiced, but with a hand injury as a running back, it's really bad news. I, I it, it, you got to hang on to the ball, and, and – so I don't, I don't know if he can kind of switch back and forth as he needs to, but the bottom line is you're going to have to hold with your right arm some. You're going to have to hold with your left on, on some, depending on which way you're running. And if he can't hold on to that ball, you're going to see a lot more of Donald Brown this week.
2: Well, you're, you're going to see a lot of Donald Brown, but you're going to see a lot of Dallas Clark, a whole yeah, lot of true. Dallas Clark against uh, Tennessee. There's no doubt about it. So Dallas Clark, uh, he's going to have a field day and there's going to be a couple other wide receivers that could just have fun out there. Reggie Wayne, he's going to have fun out there. Uh, We know how Peyton Manning can manage the offense even without a running back. He's proven it. He's done it. So, uh, you know, I mean, even if a dies is hurt, uh, Donald Brown, he's going to get some touches, but it's going to be primarily tight ends, wide receivers, wide receivers, tight ends, and back and forth.
1: And, and we did see uh, quite a bit of uh, Peyton Manning this year. He's just absolutely torching teams left and right. Uh, through four weeks, he leads the league in passing, 353 yards again, in an effortless kind of game, 31-41. Reggie Wayne's catching ball, Pierre Garçon. Austin Colley went six for 65 and a touchdown, Mike. I mean, this is yeah. this is no joke. This offense is absolutely no joke. A lot of people predicted the demise of the Colts, and they were just flat-out wrong. It's not going to happen this year. What's more interesting on the other side of the ball is the Tennessee Titans, 0 and 4. Uh, and, you know, this Justin Gage guy, I, I saw that he only had, you know, one catch. And I started him last week thinking that, you know, he'd get a lot of work. And he was in the game. Look, he was in the game. Uh, Kerry Collins dropped back the pass 51 times. Justin Gage was involved in a passing route every single play, 51 times. The next closest guy was Nate Washington at 43, Kenny Britt with 32. But, those guys were getting tons of more looks while Justin Gage was out there. I don't even know if, if Justin Gage is startable, although he's out there on the field.
2: This team this team is up against it. Uh, when they were 0-3, everybody in the fantasy football world said they're up against it. Well, now they're 0-4. They're really up against it. They have to have something happen. It's going to be uh, Chris Johnson is going to have a big game. I don't expect Lindell White to do much because – They know what they need. They're going to play their stud. That's why I say leave Lindell White out. They've got to do what they need to do. And the way they do it is they're 0-4. They've got to go Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson, and uh, they're going to pass when they need to. But, uh, you know, against Indianapolis, this is a tough test for uh, Tennessee, being 0-4, going against the Colts. Ooh,
1: man. Not good. Right, not good at all. Hey, we've got one question in the chat room we need to answer, Mike. Uh, DP Center has a question. Non-PPR league, he needs to start one of either Kevin Smith, Tim Hightower, Mario Manningham, or Percy Harvin. Four choices, Mike. Kevin Smith, Tim Hightower, Mario Manningham, or Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin is playing the Minnesota at St. Louis. He's got a good matchup. Uh, Tim Hightower, uh, has a, a, has a shootout. he's going to be in a shootout against Houston. So, but you, again, he doesn't get points per reception. Okay. Uh, Kevin Smith, non PPR, right. Non PPR, Kevin Smith okay. playing Pittsburgh. Uh, that's a, that's a game that they're, they're going to have to involve that offense. And then he's got Mario Manningham, uh, in a game against Oakland, Mike, who do you, who do you have him start there?
2: Uh, I would say, I still say go with Tim Hightower.
1: Definitely, he's definitely the flavor. Uh, but again, without the points per reception, I think. Uh, and again, Kevin Smith uh, is going to have a hard time getting touchdowns against Pittsburgh. Is that? I guess that's your that's your theory there, huh?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be a tough time for Kevin Smith to get anything done against Pittsburgh. And uh, Manningham is. No, yeah, I, I I've got to go with Hotter on that
4: one.
1: Well, and you've got and he's got Percy Harvin here uh with a really nice matchup at St. Louis. Percy Harvin's a playmaker. Percy had his worst week of the season, two catches for thirty nine yards.
2: Adrian Peterson uh, might get two hundred and fifty yards rushing.
1: Yeah. I- I'm telling you, I'm I'm leaning between Kevin Smith and Hightower, and I'm not convinced that Hightower uh is going to get more work than Kevin Smith. Uh, although the matchup is much better, Mike. You know what? I'm going to agree with you in the rare, the rare instance. I think I'm going to agree with you. I think it's I think it's Tim Hightower. Yeah. So it it, it, it it's just we it breaks
2: down to not the uh, the ability of the player, but but who that team is facing and what's going on with the uh, with who they're facing, the team they're facing, and uh, in this situation. You know, I see Arizona at home against Texas uh, or against Houston.
1: Yeah, I,
2: I pretty much got to go with Hightower. Tire.
1: You hear that noise? That can mean only one thing.
2: The prognosticator. Could it be? Doctor
0: Props. Prognosticator. Is with us,
1: red versus blue. Props, are you with us, buddy?
3: Yeah, you know, I am highly impressed, uh, and uh, and by the way, I am well deserving of that intro. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Did
1: Mark, I say it to you, Alex, Alex Pagano. Yeah, okay, we've got uh, we've got props to talk about real quick, Alex. Uh, this is your first week back into the role, so so uh, if you haven't joined us before, all year long, Alex was making us tons of money last year on some prop plays, looking for value. He's a value guy. He's looking for ways to make you some money on some of these props. And you can go to your local sports book, your offshore account. You can probably find these props somewhere. So, Alex, what do you see this week?
3: Yeah, uh, like you said, I do look for value. Um, I do not have favorites as far as uh, players go. I, I do not uh, necessarily uh, like to say that, you know, a game will go a certain way, and that's why I'm taking the over or the under. I just like value. Um and uh, the first play that I have for you is uh, Steve Smith of the Giants' total receptions. The over-under is six and a half. Um, way too high. It's way too high. Any time you see yeah. six and a half for any NFL wide receiver, the instinct is to go under. Because for to get seven receptions uh, in any particular game is a tough accomplishment. Now, I know what he's been doing. Everybody knows what he's been doing but that doesn't mean that it's going to continue. And you have to remember what's going on in this game now. Uh, It's also Muga, I believe that's how you pronounce him, uh, his name, uh, who defended defended Andre Johnson to the tune of two receptions last week. Um, Also, obviously, the Giants are playing at home. Obviously, Eli Manning may not be 100%. May not be uh, necessarily real. May not even start. So. May not start. Uh, I think he'll start. I'm pretty sure he'll start. He may not play the whole game, but obviously everyone expects this to be a running game. So uh, this was an easy pick, under six and a half. I mean, besides all these things uh, that I just mentioned with the defense, with the running, uh, the um, uh, the game plan to run the ball. I think I would take under six and a half receptions nine out of ten times uh, that I see it. Uh, play number two. Oh, 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 oh.
1: Before you go there, and I want to hear what play number two is, this game looks very similar to the week three game to me when they shut out Tampa Bay 24 to nothing, and that was a game where the Giants ran the ball 50 times, right? And Eli still was able to toss it, you know, 24 times or so. Uh, It's interesting just to go back and look at that, to see what Steve Smith did that day, seven catches, 63 <laughs> yards. So, even when they have a run game plan, it seems like this guy is just the object of Eli's obsession.
3: Yes, he is. And Who uh, was that against?
1: That was against Tampa Bay.
3: Yeah. I, I think it's also yeah. worth mentioning that, that uh, Hickson may be coming back as well. Knicks is in the mix now. Um, I mean, Kevin Boss is out, but I don't see that as a as a – uh, as an effect at all because you know, the, he barely catches any balls on the back of tight end and may, you know, bring up the slack there. So uh, just overall, I, I think the trend would be for Steve Smith, you know, for this to be the, the game where Steve Smith cools down. And also just from an NFL, just a, a, a speaking of trends, you know, for, for any NFL wide receiver to keep up that kind of pace uh, – for a fifth game in a row is very, very difficult to
1: do. Sure. I agree. Value play, nicely done. Okay. Play number two. Uh,
3: play number two, we go to Patrick Creighton. And also, total on receptions. And uh, the over-under here is surprisingly three, uh, wow. uh, with the over being minus 30 cents. So if you if you take over three, you have to lay 30, 100, mm-hmm. uh, 132 and 100. Okay. Um Again, any time I see three, the instinct is to go over. Why? Because you lose with only two. Uh, right. I think any starting wide receiver in the NFL, you expect them to please catch you know, three balls. Um, right. In this particular situation, obviously Roy Williams is, is the main reason for this pick. Uh, so, And they're playing on That's the road. That's a good play. Yeah, and they're playing on the road. And Romo even though he hasn't uh thrown many touchdowns, he has been thrown for some yards. Uh so I see this as a you know, pretty low risk play. I mean if you if you get three you push uh and for him to get three here I think is, is uh is uh probably a, about an eighty percent chance for him to get three. Yeah. And then you got a fifty fifty on the win. On on him getting get four. The...
1: Do you get to see the line move through the week? Because I mean, did this did this line go up after the injury uh, was confirmed to Roy Williams, or was it? Or do you get to see it early? Or is it just one time and that's it?
3: I looked at the lines today, but usually they they don't. As far as I know, um, they don't come out uh, too early. These lines uh, they come out usually the earliest I've ever seen it was on Thursday. Uh, a lot of times they'll come out on Friday. And even as late as Saturday and Sundays, and uh, most of the movement will come between now and Sundays, and it will be mostly with the uh, with the juice. So it'll go to let's say I, I, I can't I'm, I rarely see a line go from three to three and a half. It'll go from three minus thirty to three minus sixty. Let's say,
1: Mike, I like that one. I like this one better than the first one. I'm, I'm, I love i Yeah, I do
2: I do, too. I mean, that Creighton call
3: with uh, three receptions, that's perfect.
1: I want to make some money right now. Okay, well, let's let's go to play three. Uh,
3: Play number three, actually, I I had it all lined up, and I changed my mind last second, and I'm going to a different play. I'm going to Chad Ocho Cinco. I can't get used to calling him that, but... uh, We're we're just calling Chad Johnson tonight. Yeah. Chad Johnson, and... um, the play is on his total yards receiving uh, for the game, and the over-under on that is, surprisingly, 55-and-a-half. Um, at Baltimore. At Baltimore. And, and I don't really, I don't even care about who he's playing. Or, I, I, you know, 55-and-a-half yards for Chad Otracinco, who's been highly involved this year, this year who uh, may not have a lot of yards, but he certainly is averaging more than 55-and-a-half per game. Uh, I think he's top six or seven in, in targets. Uh I know he's up there in uh you know, in the receptions. Maybe not as he may not have as many Eighth as he said, yeah. but he's far. close. Yep. Yeah. Um so fifty five and a half for number one wide receiver of uh Chad Ochocinco's caliber is a no brainer. I'll take the over and uh the juice I believe is uh even is uh his pick 'em, so minus fifteen either way.
1: All right. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm not a big Chad fan. I probably wouldn't lay any cash on him, but uh, you know, against New Orleans, two catches for 73 yards. I don't really know. New England, three catches. Uh, I'm sorry. That was that was a preseason. Uh, Denver, week 1, 5 for 89. Green Bay, 4 for 91. Pittsburgh, 5 for 54. And Cleveland, 3 for 24. So,
3: yeah. I don't know. And you it, know what? Just, I I know you're going to bring that up, Scott, and I'm glad you did because I, that's exactly what they're doing. With the guys who are making these lines, that's exactly what they're doing. They're looking yep. back at the last four games, and they're saying there's two games where he went under that, that number, correct? Right. One with 54 and, and last week with whatever it was. In the 30, I'm, right?
2: looking, I'm looking right now, Alex, at the uh, Coach Titans uh, rush and receiving yards by Joseph Adai. The over and under is 68-and-a-half and you know that's that's Vegas they they nail it and they know what to do 68 and a half I can't go under and I can't go over that
3: it's Yeah, well, right at it. you know um <laughs> overall maybe they do nail it uh but my job is to nail them nail them and I've been doing that so um you know I I think that what they do too often much too often is they make a line based on what's going on in the last four games, based on the actual numbers. They're not making the line based on uh, what uh, should be happening. And what should be happening is uh, Chad Ochocinco, as a, as a stud wide receiver, should be catching 70, 80 yards a game, which right. is exactly what he would be. Should be. Should be. Right.
1: Interesting to I had to go back to 2007 to get the, the Carson Palmer to Chad Johnson stats. And against Baltimore, 5 for 95 and 4 for 73. So the number you're asking for doesn't sound unreasonable at all with Carson Palmer throwing the ball.
3: Correct. Correct. So. And you know what? I'll give you a bonus one. I'll go back to the one that I just uh, uh, I, I went away from. I'll give you the fourth pick, but you don't have to count it. The one I went away from was uh, Fred Jackson total rushing and receiving yards. And the total on that was ninety five and a half and I was going to take the under on that. Uh with the thinking being ninety five and a half Good yards call. with with Lynch coming back. Lynch has been was, was involved highly in the uh passing game last week. I'm sure he'll get more involved this week, probably in the rushing game as well. They're playing okay. Cleveland. They're playing Cleveland uh at home, so maybe Lynch will get uh some some uh, work in the fourth quarter with the lead. So uh, I was going to take the odds that were under 95-and-a-half on that play. But I went away from it. I thought the Chad Ochoa Cinco play was better. Sure. So, uh, Scott, can you wrap it up uh,
2: with the first three that uh, Alex has?
3: Uh, Alex, Maybe. You the... Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kicking me off, Mike? <laughs> no, no, I'll, no! I'm
2: not kicking you off. I'm I'm just gonna wrap it up here uh, with the first three, and then just kind of do an overview.
1: It was Steve Smith under. It was uh, Steve Smith under six and a half. That was the uh, that was the nice play. Uh, his first play and his second play, uh, we were we were really big fans of. What was the, what was the second play, Alex?
3: Over three receptions uh, for Patrick Creighton late 37.
1: Oh, I Great. love that man! I want to go out and make Creighton an
3: out- and over and- three. Oh, yeah! Well, and let's, find
1: let's,
3: it now. It. So find it now before the line moves to forty or fifty or sixty
1: Oh, I love that one. Okay, and then the most, the, and then the third and final play was Ocho Cinco over. How many?
3: 55 and a, half.
1: 55 and a half. Okay. And then he threw in he threw in the bonus for Fred Jackson, uh, even though it's against Cleveland uh, at home. He's saying. Get uh,
3: go get Fred
2: Jackson under
1: ninety four and make some money there too. Under ninety five and a
2: half, actually. Wow! Get an extra yard. I tell and you half. what, Alex. Uh, let's hit these uh, first three. I'll, I love the Smith and uh, I absolutely love the Creighton pick. I, I mean that 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 play is good. That's solid.
3: All right, Mike. We well,
1: we appreciate it, man.
3: Okay, thank you, guys.
1: Good stuff. All right, that was Mr. Props, Dr. Props, Alex Kaganovsky. Uh, we gave him a little intro there, and he came through with three money plays, Mike. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I'm I think I'm higher on the Creighton call than than the other two. Um, Me too. <laughs> but, but, but just because if I'm looking at okay, if I had to just pick one, it, Creighton, the Creighton call stands out over all of them. Uh, I love that call. Now, I could see Jason Witten getting an eight-catch day, ten-catch day or something, and then everybody else chipping in with two or three catches. But that's what he said something that was really profound. He's like, you know, if you're taking three, you're saying that two is the only thing that can beat you. One or two is the only thing that can really beat you. And so I like my chances with that, especially with Roy Williams out.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, with, with Williams out, uh, they're going to have to throw. It's going uh, to be Whitten or Creighton. I expect Jason Witten to have a huge day. And let's face it, in Dallas' offense, Jason Witten has done very little. So this is his chance. And they're going to run the ball, but they're still going to throw it.
1: Yeah. We've got uh, just a couple minutes left in the program. Uh, we've had a great, great cast of the crew. It was thought uh, very highly of those three picks there. They're still chatting with Chris Lambert in the chat room. You guys more than welcome to join the Red versus Blue crew. Every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern. Thanks to the guys at Mark Ronick at TheFantasySportsChannel.com. We also Absolutely. stream live there at FSC.FM. Uh, We're on iTunes. You can check us out on iTunes. Just go to your iTunes uh, radio right there under the sports podcast. You'll see uh, Blog Talk Radio's Fantasy Sports Channel. You'll see us on there. We stream live on iTunes. And also, you can click the little podcast. Click the, click the subscribe button on our show on our home page. Um, and you can subscribe to your iTunes, Mike. It makes it so simple. You just click that button. Uh, it, it pops right into your podcast on your iTunes, and then just right-click on your iTunes every week and, and update your subscription and the podcast. If you've missed two or three weeks, you can just grab them all at once. And uh, Saturday morning, if you're out on a drive, come listen to us, and uh, we'll get you ready for Sunday's games. Mike, a couple of quick injuries. Matt Hasselbeck back in the fold. Thank God we need him in our yes. Chicago League. Uh Donnie Avery's questionable with a handy. Burton's questionable with a handy. Both were limited Friday. That's just that team is in absolute shambles right now. Fred Taylor, the big news, he's out in the ankle knee surgery. In steps to the three-headed monster of Sammy Morris, Lawrence Maroney, and Ben Jarvis. Uh, Maroney was the nice steal, the value play. You could get him pretty cheap. Sammy Morris, you had to pay a ton for. I I have a feeling their production is going to be very similar. Just a just a hunch. I just have a
2: feeling. Yeah. Yep. And, Real, yeah, I totally agree. Halter, I mean...
1: Buck Halter is out, Mike. This ankle injury uh, really slowed him down last week. That means Moreno is going to get work, and then uh, he's going to get a lot of work. And then Lamont and Jordan, obviously, is going to get a few carries here as well.
2: well there, uh, Dar- no, Dar- no, no, doubt, no doubt about it, Scott. Uh, no Sean Moreno. He, I mean, he stepped in a situation that he's going to be perfect at. Uh, Joshua Daniels, he obviously loves him. And uh, so... Yeah. Red versus Blue has 30
1: seconds left 30 seconds, McFadden's out with a knee In comes Michael Bush Zach Miller was limited this week With a concussion, the Oakland tight end He did practice on Friday, so get him back Into your lineup Uh, Again, I told you Bradshaw was limited, but will play I told you Steve Slayton would break out of his slump Last week, Mike, we're going to come back for overtime But Red versus Blue is out Thanks
0: for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
1: We're going to have to go a little bit longer, Mike. Uh, Yeah, I
2: think so. I think so. I I was ready. I had, uh, you know, honestly, Scott, I had probably 15 minutes worth of stuff that I wanted to bring to the table.
1: Man, oh, man. Hey, also, that fast Willie Parker injury, you know, I have been high on Mendenhall ever since he came out. I have him in every Dynasty League I know of. And Mendenhall was an absolute – beast, Mike. He he is who we thought he was uh, when he came out. He looks like a must start after coming out with a bang. 29 carries, 165 yards, and two touchdowns against San Diego. Ward continues to be money for that team. Eight catches for 113 yards. And Heath Miller, Mike, eight catches for 70 yards and two. Do you have him anywhere?
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, it was one from, uh, what was it, one Ward to uh, Heath Miller. (laughs) <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, so it, it's it's a different offense, it's a different thing. Uh Mike Tomlin is just throwing things out there and they're working. So
1: San Antonio Holmes, eh 4 for 52. Where is the Holmes from the from from week 1? I drafted this guy in the 3rd round of FFPC after that huge week 1 performance thinking, "Okay, I've got the next guy. I'm not going to let him get past me in the 3rd round." And he's just been meh. Every week since. I mean, four for fifty two, yeah. come on. I expect more out of that guy. I Heinz Ward's gonna beat him again.
2: Yep. Yep. Just, I mean, it's just it's just the way and but I tell you what, come big time plays, who they gonna go to? San Antonio Holmes. But that doesn't help you when it comes to fantasy football.
1: Yeah. Uh let's see. Uh we we said that Bradshaw was limited. We've got uh, Calvin limited with a thigh injury. He should play. Um, and Kevin Smith again full practice this week with a shoulder. Antonio Bryant limited all week, Mike. This guy, um, you know, he did get a touchdown last week with his Josh Johnson kid. So we'll have to keep an eye on Antonio Bryant to see if he makes this uh, turns the corner. Derek Ward practiced all week fully. He's a go. Uh, I guess you get him into your lineup if you're in a pinch, but it's not an attractive matchup anytime. Uh, you know Tampa has to play at Philly. It's just not one of those games. They're gonna they're gonna throw, and this might be the matchup that Kellen Winslow actually gets something done because they're gonna be behind against Philly. Yeah,
2: there's no, yeah, yeah.
1: So you know this might be the week that, that Winslow breaks out of his slump. Kevin Curtis on the other side of the ball did not practice Friday with the knee. This kid is okay every week. You know he's not gonna play. Macklin actually gets the nod with McNabb back. Uh, so M- Macklin, uh, he, he's he's somebody you want to keep an eye on, especially in the dynasty League. We've been talking about Macklin for a while. Well, uh, exactly, he needs, he needs Scott. And
2: him. I don't, you know, I don't know what to, I don't know what you, what we should do with uh, Macklin. Uh, you know, we we got decisions we got to make, and we can't go two and three. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are in the same position that that we're in. You can't go two and three. You got to go three and two. So, well, do you start Macklin? Do you start Michael Bush?
1: No. We, what do you do? We, we, we have to start a wide receiver for our third wide receiver, Mike, and we don't have any other wide receivers, which means Macklin's in the game. We have no other wide receivers because Meacham's on by, Jennings is on by, and uh, on And we didn't get Michael Watt. We didn't get any other wide receivers. All right. So, that means that, uh, like it or not, Macklin's on our team. He's in our lineup. Our, our only question will be: Do we start which two? Do we start Ahmad Bradshaw, Thomas Jones, or Michael Bush? And for right now, we, we have we, Thomas well, Jones on Monday night and Ahmad Bradshaw against Oakland. We got
2: to start them all. We we have to start them all.
1: Well, we got Chris Johnson. So you, you start Chris Johnson, and then you start two of Bradshaw, Thomas Jones, or Michael Bush.
2: Jones, Bradshaw.
1: That's what we have in there right now. I, 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 I agree with
2: you. I think that's
1: what we got to do. Yep. Yep. So we didn't. Uh, we didn't really. We, gotta, we got a tough decision,
2: week. and uh, the one thing about it, Scott, if we can make it through this bye, if we can make it through this bye week. Then uh, who knows? We can, you know. I don't know. Uh, we, I mean, we we've got to get something done.
1: Well, here's who we're playing. We're playing. A team that starting Matt Schaub, Leon Washington, Ronnie Brown, Austin Colley, who's up and down. You can't count on that six catch day yeah. again, right? Uh, we've got Pierre Garcon. So that, those kind, those two guys, I think they cancel each other out. Um, Kevin Walter, obviously, is it? He's got Matt Schaub and Kevin Walter and Larry Fitzgerald in the game. The shootout, Houston against Arizona, that's gonna hurt. That's gonna yeah. Hurt. He's got a lot of
2: upside. He he's got a lot of them upside there, but uh, the bottom the bottom line is, uh, you know, he's got Shaw. Who'd you say? Who we else got is Schaub running back?
1: Evan Walter and Larry Fitzgerald in the Houston Arizona game. Mike, he's gonna blast us. That, wow. that is, uh, this is Chicago. This is Shy Town. Few. He was in our league last year. He's also mm-hmm. got Patrick Creighton, who we've been talking about. That's his flex this week. Uh, by circumstance, Patrick Creighton is his flex. Um, Who's got a running back? Again, We're running back for Dion and, and Ronnie Brown.
2: Okay, we got him there.
1: I don't know. We've got Chris Johnson and uh, Ahmad Bradshaw. I don't know if that. Yeah, we got
2: him out. there. We got him there. Chris Johnson try. is going to have fun against Andy.
1: I hope so. I hope so, man. Uh, okay, look look at this. Also, Westbrook's back, but you know what? He's practicing. He's back, but I think he's going to split with McCoy. I, I I don't see them coming and giving him the whole load again with McNabb back, I think McCoy has earned the right to at least help Westbrook out and stay healthy, and I think you're going to see yeah, a difference I agree. between Westbrook and McCoy. It's a very dangerous situation for Westbrook owners uh, to be in, um, very similar to Elton. I agree. If
2: he's,
1: if he's playing, you almost have to throw him in there, but you're, you're not too excited about his prospects.
2: I agree, Scott. I mean, it's going to be pretty much uh, first quarter, Westbrook, second quarter, McCoy, third quarter, Westbrook, fourth quarter, McCoy. I mean, it, it, yeah, and you don't want to get yourself into into that situation, but that's the way the NFL has become.
1: Stewart, uh, Jonathan Stewart was questionable with this Achilles injury, but he was a full practice Friday. Good to see him out there. And then Kotchery Mike, uh, on Monday night, his hamstring. He did not play on Friday. I think you've got a bench cochery. I don't think you can risk going into Monday night without a wide receiver or a flex. So you have to put bench Cottry and put somebody else in the lineup. Let me talk to you about the targets from last week, Mike. Here's everybody who had double-digit targets last week.
2: Yeah, Muhammad, yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear that.
1: Muhammad Masakwai, we already talked about him, had 13. Steve Smith led the way with 16. We had a couple of 12s in Calvin Johnson, Antonio Gates, and Nate Washington. Again, getting a lot of work. Remember, Mike, we mm-hmm. called Nate Washington on Red versus Blue. We called yep. him the sleeper wide receiver to go ahead and pick up. I, and we did in a couple of leagues. I know Rachel and I picked him up in the league, and we yep. got him somewhere else. So it's it's nice to have him at our disposal. Um, and a couple other guys again: Reggie, what about 11, Kelly eleven. Chad Johnson, eleven. Derek Mason, eleven. Heinz Ward, eleven. Mike Sims Walker with eleven. Again, that was a red versus blue favorite. Uh, Kenny Britt with eleven. Uh, that's another player that uh, you know if you have wow. him, he has looked very very solid uh so far this year. Who'd you ask me about my Kelly I. Washington? Kelly Washington had seven targets for the year, he has twenty. He's got as many targets as Devin Hester for the year, so you know Yeah. It's not that many, uh that many off. But if we're looking for big time performances last week, Lewis Murphy with ten targets in Oakland, be on the lookout for him. Mark Clayton with ten targets for Baltimore in that shootout with New England. Bernard Barry and ten targets. Brett Favre was absolutely on fire. Had his best day of the season, no doubt. Last two seasons. Wes Welker. Well, targets. I tell you what, but if after- you're
2: if you're a Brett Favre owner, owner Scott, I'm telling you, it's going to fall off real uh, soon. It
1: should. Yeah, it should. It should. Brandon Pettigrew comes in with ten targets last week. Mike, got to watch that big that big boy. Dallas Clark with ten targets and Chris Cooley with ten targets. Those were your week four leaders. Okay, uh, Mike, a couple of games that we still uh, want to look at here. Cincinnati at Baltimore. It's a big game for Cincinnati. I don't know if they have enough to pull this off. McGahey and Ray Rice are looking like you've got to put both these guys in your lineup, right?
2: Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, if you have both of them on your roster, you got to plug them in. Uh, either way, because they split carries, uh, Ray Rice is – Phenomenal out of the backfield uh, catching passes. McGee um, on the goal line—he's phenomenal too. So, I mean, you got to start them both.
1: I tell you what, going to this Tampa Bay Philly game, I, I think that Deshaun Jackson, obviously, he's a must start. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it now. I think Macklin is a sneaky play for McNabb coming back. Who else are going to throw to? Uh, you know, Deshaun and Macklin are going to be the two guys there. Macklin's looking a little bit better. Uh, St. Louis is an absolute shambles right now. You put Steven Jackson up against this Minnesota front, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, I, I don't so, see anything opening up for St. Louis. They're going to be able to just collapse on that run and attack Steven Jackson all day. This is the kind of game that I could see Steven Jackson getting hurt in, Mike.
2: So, you got a gut feeling on uh, Macklin versus Bush? If you got a gut feeling, let's do it. Put well, in Macklin. We
1: well, we have to. We only have three wide receivers on our team. Macklin has to be in the lineup. You have to start three wide receivers. Bush, if we wanted to start Bush, Mike, it's over Ahmad Bradshaw or Thomas Jones. It's one of those. I'm really looking forward to this New England at Denver game. I know you said that Denver is going to win that game, huh? Yes. Denver's going to win that game against New England. And then Houston at Arizona, a huge, huge game. Should be an absolute shootout. Start all your Cardinals. Start all your Texans. I think it's yeah. going to be a blowout. Start every game.
2: offensive player you have and yeah. just uh, have fun with them.
1: Now, San Francisco has the 40-something points. We've never seen that before from a defense. They play Atlanta. They won't have that kind of going that they had this past week against St. Louis. Uh, Michael Crabtree is back in the fold. It'll take him some while, a while to get in. He might be the type of guy that could contribute, though, by the time you need him in the playoffs. So maybe you pick him up. If you're a, in
2: my opinion, Scott, if you're a Frank Gore owner, you got to be loving life because they are, I mean, next week, they're playing this week. Next week is a bye week. And come week seven, Frank Gore is going to be loaded for bear. Yep. All
1: right. And then we've got Jacksonville, Seattle, Indy, Tennessee, Jets at Miami. There's a lot going on in all those games. Um, you know what? I think we finally figured out that Tory Holt is not the number one there, and Jacksonville no. finally figured it out. Mike Walker's getting looks. Look for this Mike Thomas kid to start stepping up in the offense because Torrey Holt doesn't have it anymore. It's obvious.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I had uh, Torrey Holt with, in a couple leagues, and I'm done. I'm done with him. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but I am done with him. I mean, I went out and got some other players that uh, – can make an impact right now.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, I've got a sneaky suspicion in this Indianapolis-Tennessee game that Chris Johnson and Lindale White are both startable, Mike. I know Lindale hasn't done anything, but Lindale I, in this game at home, if you're, you you're—you could be in worse shape is what I'm saying. Uh, I think Lindale gets some work this week, and great, great chance he gets into the end zone.
2: I, see, Scott, that's where we're, we're going to disagree. I do not see Lindale White. Uh, getting the getting any load at all. I mean, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Chris Johnson and uh, Chris Johnson, and that's it.
1: Well, if you're 0 four, I think you decide. You look at what you've been doing wrong, and if I'm looking at that team, I'm saying I'm not getting Lindale involved to bruise up the middle. I'm pushing Chris Johnson outside left and right, and you know it's working out great. But I, I need to continue to push that middle, push that pile. And uh, they've got the offensive line to do it. They just need to start utilizing it. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. And then you've got the Jets at Miami Monday night. Uh, Sanchez rides into town. I love what Braylon Edwards does for Leon Washington. I love what he does for Dustin Keller. I think both those guys are going to have much bigger seasons the rest of the way out. And I really like the move for Braylon, Mike. I think this you're going to look back on this and say the Jets got themselves a steal.
2: Well, and one thing that uh, I've got a I've got a real question at quarterback, uh, whether it's uh, Sanchez or Kyle Orton. Which one does start? Or
1: Kyle Orton. Great question. You know what? You got to start Kyle Orton at this point, just because they are going to be playing New England Patriots. It's going to be a game they're going to have to throw to win. They're going to have to throw to yep. win. The Jets can beat Miami with a good ground game and a good ball control game. Denver's going to have to throw and air it out. I love that play by Brandon Marshall, by the way. That was a sick, sick catch and run.
2: Yeah, that, that that was awesome. That was that awesome. Was
1: great. Mike, good show as always, buddy. It was fun having Chris Lambert on and uh, and Alex. And Thanks for those guys for being on. I uh, hope we can, uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll do it again, right?
2: Yep, absolutely. Every Friday, right. 11, Friday uh, 11 o'clock, and keep on listening, guys.
1: Red versus blue. We'll see you next week.